Because portions of this true story may be frightening for younger listeners, we recommend parents listen first before sharing with their children. From Who's Your One, this is Kidnapped, a God Story. Episode 3, The Six Days of Christmas. Hugh and Norma Carrier's second son was exceedingly and remarkably average. Maybe that's why. Or maybe it's because nobody could remember anything especially bad ever happening on Alito Avenue. Whatever the reason, when Chris Carrier didn't come home from school on December 20, 1974, it took several hours for his parents to come to the frightening realization that someone had taken their son. There was, there was a growing sense of panic. My understanding is my brother came home uh, and began riding his bike around the neighborhood looking for me. And my dad must have come home and driven around different places thinking, could he be with a group of friends playing basketball over here, doing something in the neighborhood? His bike was still here. You know, all of the things that, that you might imagine a parent would do they did. And so after calling around to those friends and family and not getting any response of, of anybody who'd seen or knew where I was, he ended up calling the Coral Gables police. And in talking with my father and my uncle, there was a growing sense that this might be a kidnapping. Chris had indeed been kidnapped. He'd been stabbed, shot in the head, and left to die in the Florida Everglades. But of course, no one on Alito Avenue knew that. They didn't call us till about 5, 5.30 and said, Chris is missing. He's never come home. That is Jan Ross, Chris's aunt. Jan and her husband, Ray, lived nearby. So we packed some things and we left. We went straight to the house to do what we could do for, you know, to be there for them. And it was very chaotic, because then it started hitting the news that night that he was missing. By dinner time, the Coral Gables police had moved into the carrier's back bedroom. The FBI had set up recording devices on their phones, and TV news trucks were parked outside their house. So began the carrier family's nightmare before Christmas. The next day, and then the next day, and then the day after that, there was a bewildering series of bogus ransom demands and false leads and interview requests and prayer chains and casseroles. And it continued day after day. This is Ray Ross, Chris's uncle. It seemed like every day there, and every night there would be one or two telephone calls that had credibility. Oh, maybe this is a lead. We went through those cycles every day, and every day we're just looking at each other in the face and saying, where can he be? We've got to find him. Where is he? Friday passed, nothing. Saturday passed, nothing again. Then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Nothing, nothing, and nothing. And then Wednesday was Christmas. 
It was not a celebration, let's put it that way. Nobody said it, but honestly, we, we had sort of given up because they'd followed every lead. And um, we were all, nobody was saying it, but we were thinking it. And, um, you know, he'd been gone since Friday. And then there was Thursday. Gosh, next thing I remember was waking up from a nap and thinking, what a crazy day. Chris Carrier had been lying unconscious in an alligator-infested swamp for six days. When he woke up on December 26th, he didn't know what day it was. He didn't realize he'd been shot in the head. He didn't even understand that he was stranded out in the middle of nowhere. In, in my perception, life had just moved on 20 minutes, and I was safe, and Dad would be there soon. I don't think I had a watch to know what time it was, but ended up getting up from laying on the grass and walking out to the edge of that road, sat down there and thought, shouldn't be too long. Uh, and then here was this old white pickup truck driving down the road, and I remember him slowing down, kind of opened his door, uh, the passenger side door kind of pushed it open and looked at me and said, son, what are you doing out here? And innocently enough, I said, waiting on my daddy. And I think he could see what I couldn't, uh, the bruises and the blood and the, uh, the, the apparent injuries. And said, hop in uh, and we'll get you taken to the sheriff's department. A hunter drove Chris to the Collier County Sheriff's Department in Naples. From there, investigators rushed Chris to the nearest hospital and then called his parents. I'm in the kitchen and the phone rings in that back room where they had set up all the phones. This is Jan Ross. The detective answered the phone and we're standing there. And he said, yes, we'll put him on. And he, his eyes sort of got big and he said, it's Chris, and handed the phone to Hugh. Whew. <laughs> I'm reliving this, and handed the phone to Hugh. And Hugh said, Chris, it's dad. He said, what's your dog's name? And he said, Chris, what's your sailboat? What's your numbers on your little sailboat? And then Hugh dropped to the floor, dropped on his knees, and we were all shouting. Praise, I mean, praise the Lord. And you said, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. And I ran in to tell Noni, they found him and he's alive. And she just talked to him. Well, she's starting to cry. And we're just, we're, it just couldn't have been any happier scene. In the history of Coral Gables, Florida, there was quite possibly never a celebration like the celebration at 719 Alito Avenue the night after Christmas, 1974. But at the hospital in Naples, the scene was not nearly as happy. What is your full name? Christopher Hugh This is the actual police recording from that night. Chris, do you know what day this is? 
This is Friday. Today is Thursday, uh, December the 26th. It's the first, but certainly not the last time, investigators would interview Chris about what had happened. Chris, mm-hmm. who beat you up? I don't know. And this was the first of what seemed would be a thousand I don't knows. I think uh, looking back at that interview, it's, it's clear to me that I was... <laughs> I was very exhausted. And so keeping my eyes open and focusing was probably uh, hard work for me. And quite honestly, I think I had no concept of, of the bigger picture. You said that this man stabbed you. Yes. Do you know what he stabbed you with? He stabbed me with an ice pick. He tried to kill me by sticking it in my heart. On the night of December 26, 1974, everyone had questions, but no one had answers. The only thing anyone knew for sure was that someone wanted to kill Chris Carrier. And that someone was still out there. on the next episode of Kidnapped, A God Story. The rhythm at home was drastically different. For the Carrier family, nothing would ever be as it was. It was a new normal. And it was inundated with police coming and going. Chris had bodyguards all day and bad dreams all night. I just could just picture that man walking through the house and coming to finish what he had started. Even when a police sketch led investigators to a suspect. He said, you know, I'm going to be accused, I know, because everything seems to line up. There was no peace of mind at 719 Alito Avenue. It didn't change anything. It did not change anything for me in my heart of hearts because I'm not who I was and I'll never be. That's on the next episode of Kidnapped, A God Story. Episode 4 of Kidnapped, A God Story drops in two days. But if you don't want to wait, you can listen to all the episodes now and check out photos, videos, and other bonus material at whosyourone.com slash kidnapped.